Welcome to Diamond Niners Weekly for week one of the 2023 season. It's Christmas Eve at the Hayes, folks. I'm Nick, joined as always by Kevin. Uh, what's up, Niner Nation? Producer Brad's back there making it work. I don't think Producer Brad has a microphone today, but he says hey. And Coach hey, Woody. Hey. Everybody. All right, boys. We're back. How's everybody doing? Great. We feeling good? Doing good. Doing good, man. It's getting the butterflies, and I'm not even playing. <laughs> all right folks we are uh hopefully live on youtube tonight uh if you're if you're out there watching live jump in the chat hit us up on twitter we got that open too so we're ready to go um so it's been a long off season right i mean i never talked to you guys outside of baseball season what, what do y'all what y'all kevin what you been doing pretty much the same thing man pretty much the same thing talking about baseball talking about baseball <laughs> Okay, that's a lie. We we talk baseball pretty much 365 days a year. I think we do take Christmas off, right? Well, sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes we sneak in a little call on Christmas. Coach, I know you've been busy. Uh, we've been out here uh, watching the team all fall. Um, but we thought uh, we'd start off talking to you about something a little different you did over the holiday break. Um, man, we were trying to figure out how to live tweet a chess tournament, but we never figured it out. But we just had to lean on what you were telling us. What in the world, Coach? You ended up in a chess tournament in Washington D.C. over the holidays. Yeah, so I have the I have the best girlfriend on the planet, and she, uh, you know, as a as a Christmas present, I go to open an envelope, you know, thinking I didn't really know what to think as far as you know my gift, and uh, as I start reading reading the card, I, I see I can see like chess tournament and like Washington D.C. and like my eyes are like cutting down to the bottom and then I go back to like reading and stuff like that. And I'm like, my jaw drops. I mean, I haven't played a chess tournament in 22, 23 years. It's been since I was 15 years old. And, uh, you know, so just unbelievable gift. And we went up and, and it was a four day tournament. Um, one of the strongest tournaments in the country actually. And just, and played four days of 10, played 10 matches in four days. Yeah. It was quite the experience, you know, very different than 23 years ago when I was playing wall ball and uh, running around between matches, you know, it was more like sightseeing, good restaurants, see the monuments and that sort of, that sort of thing between matches. So what's the, what's the age, uh, the age dispersion on your opponents while you're at this tournament? Um, I, I, seven, seven to 70. You know, I played, you played a seven year old, played a seven year old, who was hilarious and a genius. And, um, you know, I always tell people, like, if you don't know. And, and they won, didn't they? No, I won that one. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I won that one. <laughs> the way you were setting that up. Yeah, no, but, uh, you know, it was, I mean, these the, the kids in these tournaments are incredible. I mean, it's like, if you've watched the National Spelling Bee and you and you see just the, the intelligence and the brilliance of some of these young minds, like, it's the same it's the same people that are in like the national like scripts spelling bee are playing in these chess tournaments and you know they're future doctors and lawyers and and people you know world changers and baseball, uh, coaches. baseball coaches baseball coaches yeah i don't know about that um but but yeah it was yeah so seven, you didn't run into a bunch of d1 baseball coaches at the chess tournament i think i was the only one I think you were the only one i think i was the only one yeah but it was it was awesome I mean, there's probably 500 people in the whole tournament and there was four or five different levels. And I think I played in like kind of the middle level um, of the five levels. So it was, it was 
challenging. I mean, I, I played t- the first day I was there, each match lasted about three and a half hours. So that was a grueling day. And then, um, you know, the next, the next three days I played eight matches and I'd say the average length of each chess game I played was two and a half hours per game. So it was mentally a, a, a great challenge and I'm, I'm very thankful that, you know, I got to do it. It's cool. Good exercise for those long, those long baseball games and during the, during the spring, huh? It feels the same, honestly, like after, after, a after a, a long, you know, four and a half hour back and forth, type of game calling pitches making decisions and that sort of thing it actually like feels pretty similar at the at the end of the game it's 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 mentally grueling thank you'll do it again oh uh, absolutely yeah it was you know we're already looking at tournaments for i think there's there's actually we actually looked up next november one of the largest tournaments in the country is across the street at the hilton in in november right before thanksgiving so Probably gonna enter in that, so you won't even have to live stream it. You can just come watch. That's local, so I mean, tailgate. We, yeah. we can tailgate. <laughs> yeah, we can tailgate the chess tournament. It'll be let's do it. Electric. We would be the only people doing that. I'm pretty sure as well. So one yeah. baseball coach and one set of tailgaters. You never know. You never know. We literally will tailgate anything. Will we not? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We have. Before. We have. We absolutely have. Okay. Well, I tell you what. Let's let's just get in. We got a bunch of stuff to talk about. Um, we we're always talking about we're going to try to control the time on these shows, but you know it's it's Christmas Eve. This is it's we're at the haze. Um, just get comfy. Yeah. If you're out there, if you're out there with, if you're if you're uh, if you're hardcore enough to be watching us live tonight, just just get comfortable. We'll yeah. we'll 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 take care of you. Um, you can hear a lot of noise in the background. We're going to talk about we're going to start talking about facilities because we've got a lot to talk about on the facility front here at Hayes. Um, the, the noise you hear in the background is is the music blaring over uh, Ball State's practice. So Ball State is – I'm not sure if you can see them on the field back there, but they're Ball, Ball State's taking BP right now. Um, yeah, so and, – and I – you know, they look all right to me. We'll see what happens tomorrow. But they're out there right now um, getting ready. So this is, this is real. Um, one thing you might be able to see in the background, I think you can see it. It's not lit up right now, but right over, right over your shoulder, Woody, um, is a massive new video board out there in right center field, taking the place of the old scoreboard. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about that process and what that brings to the table for us? Yeah, both our, um, you know, our program and our softball program just, you know, um, received a, a, a significant upgrade to our facilities, um, huge commitment from, you know, our administration, our donors, um, our supporters, our alumni, um, just really probably long overdue in terms of how, you know, how, you know, how long the scoreboard was here mm. before, but, you know, 1989, it, we think, right, yeah, Kevin? We, talk, we talked to Barry Shifflett and he said he thinks they put it in late eighties. Yeah. Yeah. So, so which is, it's, it's a, it's honestly a program changer because, uh, I mean, this right here where we sit is where we sit down with players and families when we have recruits on campus. So to be able to, you know, typically we have a PowerPoint presentation on my TV here in the office. And now to be able to sit here and, you know, be able to show highlights and pictures and everything and that type of thing when we're sitting down with future players and families, like that's big. Um, the, the Certainly the fan experience on game day is going to be significantly mm-hmm. different. different. Um, it'll take some time, you know, I mean, as you can see, there's not a, the C is not even on top of the video board right now, which is a whole nother conversation, but you know, I mean, it's, it's going to be, I mean, if you come 
every week to see us play, you're going to see every week, you know, oh, this is this is better. Oh, this these videos are are cool or oh this, you know, this element. So it's yeah. there's that. And then on the practice side, we're able to, you know, uh display the trackman data. You know, if you've come to see a scrimmage, like we usually have a sixty inch flat screen or a seventy inch right. flat screen on wheels by the home plate to train swing decisions and plate discipline and call balls and strikes. So now we can do that on the video board. So it just really changes every layer of our program um, and has pushed us forward. So we're extremely grateful um, to our administration and donors and alumni who've helped make it possible. And we're excited for everybody to enjoy as much as we do. I think we're, what we're looking forward to most is when um, maybe in a few weeks they can get that, uh, get the video replay down. So, you know, when, when there's a call, right, we, we should get to see replays. Right. Eventually, yeah, eventually that'll be the case, um, right? We do have instant replay in terms of challenges yeah. in the indoor, but eventually you will be able to see, um, yeah. you know, out safe and that type of thing on the, on the board, which is great. Yeah. And that'll take a while. Just, uh, well, we, we've all got to be patient. It's, it's, it's a process getting that, that thing, I, I think fully utilized, uh, softball is working on that as well. Um, I, I do want to say Matt Messina here on campus is like, been incredible as far yeah. as I mean the hours that Matt Messina puts in for to, to get this board one designed two installed and three operational it is you yeah know, like he does he there's so many and, and there's others you know there's others but like there's there's so many people behind the scenes that go into you know this type of thing and we're we're very grateful for everybody behind the scenes because they're still here I mean there's long it's long hours for for everybody to get it going I, I think pretty much uh, between softball and and we've been passing through uh, over the last few weeks between softball and baseball, I think they've pretty much been working about seven days a week oh, yeah. um, to to get these things installed and and going. So it's it's really really awesome that they are, and so we can't wait to see it this weekend um, and and going forward see how that gets used. Um, it's really cool, right? And we've been over softball, and it really has changed that. The whole atmosphere over there. Oh um, yeah, and I can only imagine once they're once they get it fully operational, how uh, how much is going to change that that venue. It, it changes the feel of the whole the whole of, vibe in the, in the stadium. I think. Right, I, I agree. And um, if you guys are looking for content to put up on the board, I know a couple guys that produce produce baseball content. <laughs> um, <for the> Niners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can we can put some we can probably put you in touch with some content. Um, there's some other cool stuff going on here at the Hayes that people will notice. Um, one you showed me last night that just went in yesterday. Um, you guys got a brilliant looking new all in C up here on the brick front to the uh, uh, to the, the press box that just went in yesterday. Um, I guess you guys, and I know you've talked about this before. You guys are always, you're constantly looking for places like where can we brand something? Where can we put a logo? And and there was a logo there at one time uh, originally with the with the old logo, but man, that is a beautiful looking all in C that you guys have put up there. It does, yeah. It, change, it really ties in kind of the the press box and the concourse to the field. Our players noticed it instantly, and um, we're just got to make sure we lock up the gate every night because it. We, we, it's going to be that'd be a hot commodity in somebody's man cave somewhere. Uh, so we're going to make sure the security is tight and it does not go anywhere. Um, but it's it's really cool. And, um, yeah, it really adds a lot to the ballpark for sure. 
Yeah, pretty cool stuff. Um, so, and there'll be some other stuff we'll talk about as the season goes on because I know there's some some other facilities type things in the works. But these that was a couple things we wanted to bring up because fans are going to see them right away. Um, it's it's pretty hard to walk in here uh, and not see it. It's a great photo spot too. You know, if you come back to a game and you stand there, like it's, it's that's a good spot for. You know, we've talked about recruits like taking photos with recruits right there. You know, it's just it's good. It's a good photo spot. Yeah. So let's let's kind of get into talking about some expectations. Um, I, you and I have had some some we've had some conversations online offline about this. Um, uh, you guys are getting a lot of attention this preseason um, everywhere from uh, D1 baseball picking you to win the league to Aaron Fit you know saying you guys are an op- an Omaha sleeper. Um, there's a lot of press about this team out there and i mean certainly the most since you've been here um and i i think our conversation started with you know well hey what do you think how are you feeling about that and i told you i started chewing on tums as soon as some of those things started coming out <laughs> because you know i mean it's great right but but our um i i guess I guess our experience as Niners teaches us to be very cautious when the expectations started going up. But I know as a coaching staff, you guys are coming at it from a completely different point of view. When when you when you guys got here, you were definitely the hunters, but you're you're starting to transition over into the hunted. So what's how, how's that? How's that? How's that make you feel? How's that? How's that going? How's that working? Yeah, out for no, you? Well, I'm I'm glad you brought that up just because as you as you describe it and as we've we've talked before, you know it's. I think the, you know, everything, whatever discussions there have been or hype there's been around this year's team, it, it gives to me, it's, you have to look back to the 22, the 21, the 20, and before even those, you know, those teams, because momentum doesn't just happen overnight, you know, it, it takes time. And so we've, we're three and a half years into, into this thing. And, um, you know, there's been so many great players and coaches and support staff members and ma- student managers and, our administration. I mean, everybody is pulling the rope to um, go where we all want to go. I mean, we want to host regionals, we want to play in super regionals, and we want to have an opportunity. You know, we want to be one of the eight teams to play in the College World Series. So that is not. I mean, like that's not something that just happens overnight, and it's not something that there's really no off season. I mean, like literally the next day, like when our season ends, you know, it 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 starts the next day, like you know, preparing for tonight and tomorrow and yeah. this season i mean it's it it really never stops and and it's one of the things that i enjoy the most is day in and day out you know trying to do the best i possibly can i'm surrounded by you know so many people that can do trying to do the best that they possibly can to you know give us the best chance possible to go where we want to go and so you know as far as excitement and you know or expectations like like i think that's a good thing because i think I think with expect expectations comes excitement and we want excitement around the program, you know, like I've, I've, and I, I'll never take it for granted when there's, when there's expectations or excitement around the program, because it's not easy to do and it's really hard and um, it doesn't happen all the time. So, you know, just embrace it. And, um, you know, as, as a coach, I like to, I like to also kind of not study other coaches, but pay attention to other coaches and Joe Madden is a, is a, is a coach that I've, I've really paid attention to over the years. And I know that spring training before that the year that they won the world series, uh, I want to say like 2017 or so 
they, you know, he, he met spring training, that team had high expectations and they talked about embracing the target and what that entails and what that feels like and how, you know, every team that shows up here wants to kick our tail. And that's a good thing. You know, that's, and just embrace that. And, um, you know, to wrap up with, you know, kind of a chess analogy, like I had chess coaches growing up that would, that would always advise me to never, never make a move anticipating that your opponent was going to make the wrong move. Like always anticipate your opponent's best move. And, you know, if they make a worse move, great. But so we anticipate as a program getting everyone's best. And if for some reason they decide not to, that's great. But like, we know we're going to get everybody's best and that's what we want. Kevin, you ready to turn over a new leaf? We're, we're embracing this, this whole, this is right. I like, I like it. I like the, the expectations and then it's exciting. Um, it's exciting for the program and it's exciting. The people, people don't like us, you know, because that means you're beating them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I would. Yeah. I, I think that's, there's something to that from a fan perspective, maybe not on the coaching side, but from on the fan side of things, there is something to other people's fans not liking you right. because if, if they like you too much, that's, that's not a good thing. Right. Yeah. And we want, I mean, we want people to be mad when we, you know, when we don't get, the, we don't play at a certain level. I mean, like we won't, it's a good thing when our, when our fan base is like through the roof when we win and play well and has our backs, you know, but like, we hate losing here. So like, you know, it's that that's part of it too. Like we, we understand that um, we will, you know, when, and, when, and if that does happen, because it's going to happen, you know, we, um, we will learn from it, but like, it's, you know, that's where, that's where we feel like we are as a program. I mean, we put so much time and effort into this, you know, I mean, it's, like I said, this is a 24 seven, 365 deal. Like my friends and family will tell you that. And so we'll, you know, it's not just for me, but for my coaching staff. Yeah. And so when you, when you invest that much time, effort, energy into something like you should be mad when things don't go well, like, and you should, you know, fight to correct it and that sort of thing. So I'm sure there'll be those moments over the course of the year, but until those moments hit, like we're just going to, you know, we're just excited to kind of go full throttle with um, playing, you know, watching the guys play and, and seeing those guys have fun. Yeah. And we're joking on the front end about, uh, about not talking to each other in the off season. I mean, really, truly, you guys barely have an off season. I mean, that's that's the reality of it. Because uh, for the players as well. I mean, when we get to the, the end of the season, they're going. Well, they're summer going straight ball. to summer ball and then uh, back to school, and then back to school, and then it's fall practice. I mean, we we're basically watching, you know, Niners play baseball practically year round mm -hmm. there's 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 a little there's a little holiday break in there but other than that it's pretty much year round yeah and our, i mean our coaching staff i mean with the transfer portal and recruiting i mean you know we've got i mean there's guys that are in our starting rotation that didn't commit to play here until july 30th of last summer so you know so this day and age it's like you are actively in the with the draft being in early middle july like you know, if a player, a 50 player, some players are 50 50 to get drafted, like, you know, we want that for our players. But at times it might mean you have to go, you know, if a player gets drafted, some maybe in a spot where you don't anticipate, then you got to go find another player. So it's just, it is a daily thing. Like, there is no offseason. If you want, if you don't, if you want a long offseason, like, don't get into coaching college baseball because yeah. there isn't one. A coach, for folks that are new to the program, can you go through your staff and then kind of, go through their, their roles with the, with the program. Um, yeah, for sure. For the, yeah. Toby Bicknell's back as our associate head coach recruiting coordinator. I mean, he's, 
a huge staple of this program. I mean, he's every player on our roster is essentially here in some form or fashion by, by his efforts on the recruiting trail. And, um, you know, he and I work daily on the, you know, you know, building the roster and managing it and that sort of thing. And um, so he's back and certainly a Charlotte native, as, as many know, and um, Phil Sebihar is, is back and has been promoted to our, our second full-time assistant. And he's back as our hitting coach again and did a tremendous job for us last year. And it's just a brilliant um, young coach. I hate to pigeonhole him as just a hitting coach because he's a lot more than that. I mean, he's, he's just a great coach and um, excited to have him back here for our second year. And, and um, you know, kind of with that, Austin Miney, our pitching coach from last year, accepted a really great opportunity to be a pitching coach in the Baltimore Orioles system. And he's also going to be an analyst and, um, you know, he's still a close friend of ours and, and we were super happy for him because we all believe he's going to be in a major league dugout in the next three, four or five years, if not sooner. Um, so, you know, it's just part of it. You know, there's players, you want to have great players that have an opportunities to get drafted and, you know, chase the dream in the big leagues. And, you know, when, when you have coaches like, like Austin, who, when major league teams call like that and he's got that ceiling of potential, it's, you know, that's not a bad thing either. He, he changed our program from a, you know, just everything he brought from a coaching and a development standpoint. And um, he, he's got, you know, fingerprints all over our program as far as our pitchers and, and how our guys perform and train and the recruits that are here. So, he, um, you know, he ended up in Aber he's going to be in Aberdeen this summer. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's back, he's back with, you know, his, some of his, two of his close friends, Forrest Herman, who's the double A pitching coach and Mitch Plasmeyer, who's the pitching coordinator. Um, all three of those guys were like, you know, no, here, here, hold on. Sorry. So this is, this is live TV. Come on, Drew, come this way. We're, we got guys, guys, in team meetings here. They go right, right through there. There you, there you go. Little catchers, there you go. Little catchers meeting wrap, up. little catchers meeting wrap up. Hey they were them. trying to figure out how to get out of here. Say, say hey to the cameras, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> there goes, there goes your. We're, we're going to talk about catching here a little bit. There they go. So that I could, I could watch it happening. They were over there, like, how do we? They're trying to figure out how to get out of here. I'm like, nah, let's just do it. This is, this is live. This is, this is still a functioning office, right? So, got them out of here. All right, cool. I'm sorry, I had to interrupt you. Yeah, no, um, you know, kind of. You know, right on cue, um, you know, Tyler Simmons is back as our director of player development. He also um, he also helps um, develop our catchers and, um, you know, just does all sorts of things, just really makes our program fire on all cylinders. And um, he's back for his seventh year. And, um, you know, with with Coach Miney, you know, going to the Orioles, um, we felt like it was a great opportunity. And we want to, you know, we're we're always on the lookout for you know, kind of that next up and coming coach. And, you know, Coach Seb Coach Sebiar was was that from Arkansas last year. And, um, you know, now it's just it's cool as heck for me to, you know, get to get to work alongside one of my former recruits and players and Michael O and, and have Coach O join staff as our pitching coordinator. And he and I are just working side by side as far as really continuing um, the direction that we've gone with Coach Miney on, on the on the pitching side of things and really trying to even take it to another level. So um, really unique perspective as far as, I mean, he's been recruited by us. He's played for us just last year. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, really unique perspective from the standpoint, like, Hey, you know, these are things we do well, let's keep doing those things. And Hey, these things can be better. So we're, we're trying to do those things better too. So just the guys love them. Great energy, 
incredibly, incredibly smart and, uh, you know, tactful in terms of, uh, you know, his skill set and, and couldn't be more thrilled to, you know, for his, him to start his coaching career here with us. And he's also our camp coordinator. And so he's, he's doing a great job as far as, you know, really kind of connecting with the community and, and um, that sort of thing. Now we pride ourselves on bringing you things that you can't find the box score. So it has come to our attention that that Coach O has has a little uh, I, wagers not the right word. He has a little challenge in place with the uh, with the pitching staff. Right. I'm, you want to you want to clue us in on that? So I'm told. I, you know, I was I'm not a part of this wager, and nor will I take part. But um, <laughs> so I'm I'm told. Apparently. Uh, you know, our strike, I guess, whatever our strikeout record is as a program, we set in 2021 and we finished second in 2022. So, if this pitching staff can break the all time strikeout record for a season, then Coach O, when that happens, will dye his hair blonde. Um, how that came about, I really don't know, but uh, but I support it. Yeah. So, what we're saying is, is so they break the record, Coach O goes blonde, and now he looks like Tony Rossi. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> you gotta grow the hair out a little bit. <laughs> oh, that's going. That's going to be fun. So you know what? We're gonna have to track that one. Track that one all season long because yeah. that could be that could be huge. That, talk about content. Coach O dyeing his hair blonde would be. I think it would be. Speaking speaking of, we've got um, there's a way to contribute to the Grand Slam Club based on strikeouts. You can you can donate per strikeout and and you can donate per homer. That's uh, right. Or per, per W. Wins, uh, home runs, and strikeouts. Yeah. So. Yeah, producer Brad, I think we've got a slide on that. Got some new technology on. Yeah, the show we're we're working work. through some new. Uh, let us know how you're liking this. We're 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 using some new technology here uh, to to bring you some some different looks. So those, see if producer Brad can get you that graphic. For those trying to assess how much they want to invest or not invest, last year it was 36 wins, 99 home runs, and roughly 550 strikeouts. So uh, choose wisely in terms of you know, but we'll we'll the support. It's it's an it's incredible idea, really. Patrick Wheeler, one of our former players, works in the foundation here with us. It was really his idea, and he spearheaded getting the campaign going. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you if you want to support our team and directly impact our players, that is absolutely a way to sign up for and, and impact the you know the enhancements of the program. Um, everything from team travel to meals to player development, and technology, you name it. Like, the, it, it instantly helps our guys. So. Thank you to all who, if you're watching this and you contribute, thank you. Yeah, very cool. So, um, with with that, let's let's talk a little bit about. Um, uh, I know what you're going to say. We we go through this all the time. You're focused on Ball State, and we're all focused on Ball State. But let's talk about the. We'll have plenty of time to talk about the the league uh, throughout the season, but. Let's talk a little bit about just the out of conference schedule that you put together. Not 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 keying on anyone, not losing track of Ball State, of course. Yeah. But uh, you guys have put together a fantastic out of conference schedule. It's really tough, um, and it's it's a it's an at large type of out of conference schedule is what I would call it. So, um, talk a little bit about how you go through putting that together, planning that out and just how it all comes together. Yeah, no, I mean, we, we worked two, three years in advance on scheduling and um, just the general, I mean, you know, last year you pay, we also pay attention to the landscape. So last year when the selection committee, you know, made their decision, they, they 
literally said after this selection show, like we put a heavy emphasis on RPI and strength of set schedule and those type of metrics and that sort of thing. And there's some really, you look, there's some really great teams um, that, um, you know, we were 36 and 22 and we understood why we weren't in, but um, even as close as we were, but there were some teams with, you know, even more wins that were left out because they didn't fall in line kind of with those metrics. And, you know, I just could, I, I, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night if I felt like we had a team that was worthy of an at-large bid that the only reason we didn't get in was because we didn't play, you know, the schedule that we needed to play. I mean, I, I, I would, I wouldn't be able to sleep for a long time over that. So I base my decisions a lot on what it causes me to lose sleep. And so I, here we go. Like, let's play the best of the best. We're in Charlotte, North Carolina, mm -hmm. no shortage of really good, great programs here in the region. And, you know, our last year in conference USA with here comes Dallas Baptist. Um, so yeah, let's just, we felt really, we feel really confident that, this group of players is capable and we owe it to them to set them up to go where we want to go. So our, our pre-conference weekends look like Ball State, who's, who won the MAC last year, regular season, predicted to win the MAC this year again. Uh, the next weekend's Army uh, won the Patriot League last year, played the NCAA tournament, picked to win again this year. The following weekend uh, at Virginia Tech, who was in a Super last year, and then Old Dominion, former Conference USA foe, who was uh, on that cusp of going to the NCAA. Games. Yeah, forty game winner, and um, we know we know all about them. Um, so you've got a really, really tough pre-conference schedule. Um, talk about I mean, something that the fans could really look forward to seeing. This is excellent competition here at the Hayes. Yeah, I mean that's what we want to provide. We want to provide as a program. We want to be a program where. When our very passionate fan base um, makes the decision to come watch us play, one, they're 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 gonna love the brand of baseball that we play. You know, they're gonna watch our players. They're gonna love the way they look, the way they play, um, the game, the way we play as a team, the way we go about it, the energy of the field, and all that stuff. And then they're gonna look across the field and be like, "Man, that that team that they're playing is really is really strong as well." Because it's just entertainment. You know, I mean, it's just. To me, it's more entertaining to see a high caliber of baseball. So we try to do our best to create that here. And um, you know, we want when it's we want that feedback of when we win. You know, when, when we win a game, we want the validation that we are, you know, we're doing the things well. And you know, when we come up short, we want the validation that we're close. And these are the things that we need to get better at. And when we improve those things we can, you know, we can beat the best teams in the country. The only way to do that is to play those teams. Right. So, you know, that's kind of the way we look at it for better or for worse. And does it make my hair turn gray? Sure. Yeah. My hair was brown when I got here, but, uh, <laughs> you know, that's, that's part of it. You know, I just, I want to, I want to be, I want to be in, and I know like our coaching staff and our players, like we want to be, we want to be in the biggest games and the most hostile environments. That's what we want to sign up for. Coach, I had hair when I started watching the Niners. So you understand. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And, and like that's what recruits sign up for, too. They they want to play in these type of games, play against these type of teams, and um, that, that's fun. It's fun for everybody, right? Yeah. So these – and Kevin mentioned those weekend series. Um, and the Old Dominion, are we returning that one? Is that – We will. We'll go back there we'll next back year. There next mm -hmm. year. So look out in right center field in that wind tunnel. Yep. Um, your midweeks – 
also, and this is this is just a sampling of them. There's more than this, but hitting the high notes. I mean, starting next Tuesday, you're going to Clemson. Um, you've got Chapel Hill twice. You've got South Carolina twice. Um, you've got East Carolina. That game is at Truist. You've got uh, at Coastal Carolina, UNC Wilmington, and Kannapolis. Um, and we're also playing South Carolina uh, uptown uh, at Truist Ballpark as well. So, I mean, that's – Again, to, to the, con- the level of competition you're talking about, um, and doing it on the on the weekday too, where I mean that's a test of depth, particularly for for your pitching staff. Get your tickets today. <laughs> um, yeah, tickets for all those games are on sale. So if you want to, if you want to yeah. see East Carolina, see us, see us beat East Carolina or South Carolina uh, in Uptown Charlotte, those tickets are on sale. Um, uh, I believe you have to go to the Knights to get those, not not through uh, Charlotte uh, 49ers site, but go through Truist, uh, or sorry, through the Knights Park uh, site. And then you can go to the Cannonballer site and get your tickets for that game against UNC Wilmington. Yep. Yeah, no, so, I mean, it's, uh, you know, like you said, it just we, the, those are the environments we want to play in, and um, we want the, you know, we want the validation that we're doing the right things, or we want the validation that we're close and we need to get better, and, and that we feel like playing – and those playing against those teams and those environments uh, prepare us for where we want to go. So, yeah. Want to dip into the roster now? Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. You read my mind. Let's do it. Let's let's just let's get down. Let's talk nuts, some nuts and bolts here. You good with that, Woody? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, why not? We just we 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 just um, I don't know if they appeared on. Could were they on camera, Brad? Catchers. No, they got behind them. Okay, so we just had the uh, the 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 compliment of catchers come through. Why don't we start behind the dish where we return uh, return three guys, uh, all three guys, and Caden uh, Hobson looks like he's uh, ready to pick up where he left off. Yeah, Caden looks great. Drew looks great. Huck looks great. Um, you know, to have that continuity behind the plate and you know the familiarity of catching the returning pitchers and understanding you know what goes into a fall and a preseason to prepare for this run you know it's that's a that's a really fun group of guys and iron sharpens iron they've all pushed one another and um, it was nice to see Caden have a healthy fall where he could actually throw and and you know he's made some phenomenal throws that are noticeably you know he had you know it was a great thrower last year but it's you know to see that game that part of his game really take a jump and all three of them really like you, you can't, you look at all three of those guys, like they're all, you know, whether it's behind the dish offensively in the weight room on the bases, they're all, they're all three at a new level this year. And so it's, it's a great group. So Caden came here a little older, um, having made a stop at, at Arizona first. Um, but when you, when you talk about, and this, this speaks to, to coach McKibben, um, just looking at all the guys, but since we're, we're talking catchers, um, both Drew and Huck have made noticeable progression physically since their their freshman year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's kind of that's one of the exciting things about you know when you we have we have a heavy transfer roster. There's no secret about it. But the the you know the, the true freshmen that do come here, I mean, one they're very talented, um, but two, like we also understand that like they have the biggest growth potential. So it's just been really great seeing those guys put the work in with coach McKibben, like you mentioned, who, by the way, like he could be with a major league team right now, if he wanted to, he's, you know, he's been a bit of a hot commodity in the off season. Um, so credit to him for staying with us and being here another run, uh, you know, but that, yeah, he does a phenomenal job with those guys and, and they're all in, I mean, they, they take great care of their bodies and are dialed in on the nutrition side of things. And, um, 
you're seeing the fruits of their labor with how the ball is coming off the bat and, you know, the ball is coming out of their hand and how they're recovering and all those things. Yeah. It's, it's great to see. Got engaged in the off season, I believe. Yes. I did. Yeah. And, yep. uh, and so did coach Seab. Coach yes. Seab. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Man, there's a lot of that going around. There is a couple of comments coming in a uh, minute, jump into this for, uh, so, uh, our, our guy feet Davis feet's always commenting. He said, coach, your What's hair up, looks feet? great. Your hair looks great. Um, which he says that mine looks good as well. So I come on feet <laughs> feet feet has seen me without a hat on. And it's, you know, he knows what he's dealing with here. Uh, we are also in, we're still an international, uh, international show. We still have friends in Canada. Awesome. Um, and they want to know where we got the extra budget from that, uh, with four new 4k cameras. So uh, what happened in the off season actually is uh, diamond Niner corporate uh, gave producer, Brad, a giant raise. Mm. Uh, we we tried to get in line for that. Tripled, tripled his salary. Yeah, he tripled it. I think so. That's that's what that's what. I I didn't see this money. Well, it was still tripled. Did oh, you miss the oh, memo? Okay, okay. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. You must. I think you just missed a memo somewhere. Um, so yeah, that's 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 we're looking good out there apparently. Um, and there's also you made a you made a a, a reference to. Uh, to having the best girlfriend on the planet, and there's been a lot of support coming in for her as well. So, yep. there, there you go. Um, it, any other comments? Keep them coming. We we love hearing from you folks out there. So let's keep going. Um, we, one of the and this is, I think, this is one of the big. If we, if we start working our way around the diamond here, first base, we had a big hole at fill at first base because I mean, Josh Madol, um, it would be hard to ask for, particularly on the way he played uh, defensively at first base. Hard to ask for a better defensive first baseman than Josh Madol. Um, did did his job at the plate as well, but um, that's a big hole to fill, Coach. Yeah, those guys are hard to find. Those left left, really kind of I don't know, Don Mattingly type players that you could put, I mean, we could have put Josh on the left side of the field. He would have been just fine. Those are, those guys are hard to find, but we feel really good about um, the group of, you know, really Eli Wiesner, Brandon Stallman, Spencer Nolan, Will Butcher in no particular order, really. Those, those four guys have worked out the most over at first base and they've done a tremendous job. You know, they, they really have um, Cal Clark's worked there at first a little bit. Um, we've kind of, we've got a bunch of athletes on our team that can play multiple positions. So you know, I'd say Eli's probably the front runner to, you know, to be there tomorrow and and probably get the most the most time there this weekend. But we have we have a number of guys that can really play there, and it's kind of going to go off of, you know, kind of who offensively what we want to do. But you know, Eli's Eli's really, I think I think in the preseason has looked you know the, the most the most ready to go defensively. So he's done a great job for us amongst the other guys as well. And Josh is not gone either. I mean, he's still with the program working with Coach McKibben. That's right. We, he's the assistant to the he's the assistant to the director of performance. Uh, and uh, so I think some of, and uh, he yeah he's done a great job. I mean he's he's a rising star in that industry, and and we're fortunate again to have the former players' perspective with the you know the knowledge and the and the skill set that he brings with Coach McKibben. Our guys love training with those those guys. So why, why don't we take a take it in bulk, uh, just up the middle mm -hmm. in the infield? Uh, because if there's there are many strengths to uh, to this lineup, but I think if we're talking like where does where the strength that we want to start off with, it's up the middle with the experience and the talent you've got playing there. So why don't, why don't we why don't we hit there next? Yeah, I mean, you know, 
Jack Dragon and Austin Knight are two program-changing players uh, for what they've done the last two years and what they're going to do this year. I mean, those are going to be guys that Charlotte baseball people talk about for a long, long time. And to have those guys back up the middle and the cohesiveness and um, and also just have them show the ropes to all the other, you know, the, all the other guys. And I mean, that everybody has elevated their game from JD Suarez to Dante DeFranco to Spencer Nolan to Brandon Stallman, Josh Patrick. Um, you know, there's just really Eli Wiesner's been playing over there. And it's just that whole group of infielders really is, is, you know, it's kind of followed their lead in a sense. And, um, we're just really lucky to have those two guys back and and because they're they're capable of doing tremendous things for us. Yeah, veterans in the system. This is their third year together and um, looking forward to seeing uh, how they play out this year. Mm-hmm. Their, I guess their final season together. I think the, the, the best compliment that I could pay both those guys is sometimes you forget how good they are because they make it look so easy. I mean, they really do. Uh, Jack deep in the hole at, at short, and um, the way Austin plays, um, anywhere he plays on the field, he's played all over the field for us, particularly infield. Um, those guys, they kind of lull you to sleep sometimes a little bit with, with how easy they make it look. I'll say this, not me. I don't <laughs> take it for granted. I, I love, you know, I love writing those two names in the lineup as frequently as, frequently as I get to. So, um, they're just they're awesome players and you know all those guys you know even even the guys that are right there right there with them and behind them i mean you know there's get you're going to see a rotation of guys over the course of the season um you know that we we just have a really we have a really good group of infielders that all push one another nick was speaking of up the middle you got a pretty special player in center field with uh, jake cunningham and his third season on the roster as well Speak a little bit about his talent and um, his expectations for the season. It's off the charts. I mean, it's like whatever the price of admission is, it's, you know, it's not enough to, to, to go watch Jake Cunningham play baseball. I mean, it is – that is a special player to, to come see. I mean, the thing – he shrinks the outfield. He, shrink, he shrinks the field offensively on the bases. I mean, by the time, you know, you just don't see many guys with his, his skill set. And then you – throw in the makeup and the work ethic and the selflessness of being a great teammate. It's like, I don't know what else you want to be honest with you. So, you know, Charlotte native cares a lot about this place. Um, He could have signed with, he could have signed with the Cincinnati Reds and a couple other teams out of high school and decided to come here and play college baseball with us. So, you know, we just, again, it's just the, the, every year I try to really look at, you know, as, as, as a coach, I try to slow down, stay present, appreciate, you know, players that we have. And Jake's, Jake's one of those guys. And I'm just going to sit back and have one of the best seats in the house when he's back in there uh, of, of playing. Cause you know, he's, uh, I mean, yeah, he's, I mean, he's going to have major league baseball flying in left and right to come see him. And that's great. He deserves it. Yeah, five tool guy. He's I think what we said about Jake is he's second, a five tool guy. And second, if there were six tools, he'd have that one too. <laughs> he finished second in homers, second in stolen bases. So filling up a stat sheet. Um, can't say enough about him. Yeah. Well, it's just, I mean, it's, it's great to see. I mean, him, you know, JD Suarez, Cal Clark, you know, the, 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 the 
the best players in Charlotte staying home. You know, that's those guys could go. Those guys could have gone anywhere. They really could have. And so for them to for them to stay home and play for the hometown team, like I don't ever take that for granted. And you know, I have a real appreciation for the Charlotte guys staying home and helping our program do what we're doing. Speaking of uh, Canada, there was there was a guy spending some time at third base last year who is now the uh, the, the the property of the Atlanta Braves. Uh, saw him here last night, uh, hanging out a little bit. Student home run derby. Headed spring training today, I think. He was leaving for Florida today, so David McCabe is gone, leaving a leaving a hole at third base. Uh, which you know we we moved around multiple pieces last year, uh, which um, obviously the hole at second that's being filled by uh, by Austin is Nate. Nate Furman's absence now, who's with the uh, Cleveland Guardians. So, uh, what do we, what can fans look for over at third base? Yeah, I mean, I, Brandon Stallman's done a tremendous job since he showed up. Is really all facets of the game. I think fans are going to be really excited to see him play on every side of the ball. Um, so, he kind of leads the way at third, as I mentioned. Eli over at first defensively, they can both. I mean, they can. You know, they're they're very versatile. Um, that's the great thing about our position player group is that we feel like our outfielders can play all three outfield positions. Our infielders can move around. Austin Knight can play shortstop. Jack Dragon has shown he can play third base and second base. You know, so Stallman over at third, we, we, we feel like, um, you know, Brandon's just done a, a really great job, makes all the plays. He's got to, you know, seize the game well, great reaction time, um, really good arm. So, Excited to see him over there, and and um, you know, I just I think I think fans are really going to like the look of that position player group on the field. Yeah, um, another big bat returning in the lineup in right field. Cam Fisher um, had a big a breakout freshman year, freshman All American on some some uh, lists. Uh, all freshman team. Talk a little bit about Cam Fisher, what he means to the lineup. Another program changer. You know, I mean, there's a bunch of them, and he's yeah, I mean. I tell you, when we get this video board thing going, we got our lineup. Like I'm, you know, I'm working with Matt to just kind of design the layout and, and the right. We're working out the right side have the the batting order and whoever's hitting will be highlighted in yellow, and so you kind of keep up with who's where and that sort of thing. It's just like there's gonna be a lot. I'm I don't I don't know how many times in the game I'm gonna look and be like, when's fish up? <laughs> but it's gonna be pretty frequent. Like, oh, how far away is he? Like, okay, he's not he's up next. Sweet. Like, I mean. That's kind of what I'm anticipating. I mean, and, and our fans should be too. I mean, he's – that's – we have a lot of hitters that I would not look forward to facing, but I would say he's probably the guy that if I was still pitching, I don't know how I would get him out. You know, he's just really good. And he's gotten stronger. You know, he's gotten better at all facets. And so I know he had a great year last year, but, like, it's – there's more in the tank with him because of his makeup and work ethic. So it's gonna be fun to watch. So what with, um, I guess we're talking corner outfielders in general, but uh, what else can, what else can fans look for? Well, it's great to have Blake Jackson back. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you that. I mean, it's like, you know, last year, I mean, people really, I know the people, people watching this, they, you know, y'all are our biggest supporters. So you guys, y'all know, but like not having Blake, when Blake went down, you know, it just, I don't think people really know how much of a winner, you know, he really is. Like, I mean, he was the 
the glue guy and and the catalyst and the performer, one of the best performers on a junior college national team at McLennan mm-hmm. two years ago. And, you know, to take him out of our lineup and off our field and, you know, to last year, just change things. So to get him back and to see the, to see the, I mean, people are going to love watching him play. I mean, he will literally run through a wall to, to catch anything. Like I have to, I have to say, Blake, like this is a scrimmage. Like <laughs> we need you. I mean, he back-to-back plays two weeks ago. Like he ran back-to-back plays and made game-changing catches in a scrimmage that technically didn't count. And I'm like, you know, he just he doesn't have an off switch. And but it's <laughs> no, like, he doesn't. So it's like, you know, it's just one of those things. Like fans are gonna love him. I think opponents are gonna hate him. They and already do. So <laughs> yeah, you you you, you, can, you you need that guy. You know, yeah. I'm glad he's I'm yeah. glad he's on our team. Yeah. yeah, he contributed. He contributed even though he was hurt last year. Yeah, he did not have an off switch in the dugout. That's, that's right. for sure. So he's he's a stud. You yeah. know, he's he's we're really for we're really fortunate to have him healthy and back in there. I'm excited. I'm excited for him. You know, he's go, he's about to get paid off. The the you know for the hard work and the selflessness that he's shown the last however many years of of playing. So. One of the underrated activities last year was during uh, road series was like searching, like looking around on Twitter to see what uh, opposing fans were talking about. Uh, and they were usually talking about Blake. Uh, who is this guy? What's he do? I mean, he was bringing the energy down there. Yeah. I mean, he was. Yeah, uh, I think, you know, I'm at, I'm, I think some teams are going to wish he was in the dugout again this year because now, <laughs> now he can play, yeah. you know, yeah. and that's. I mean, so he he was doing everything he could, but now, oh, now yeah. he's back in there and he can play, so that's good. And um, you know, I, I think you know Jake's Jake's close to being back. We've talked about it a little bit. You know, Jake's close to being back. He's already hitting balls over the over the lights and BP and and back to moving again. So we could, you know, we'll see him sooner rather than later. But I'll tell you what, we, we've our, our you know Spencer Nolan, what he's what he's been doing in the outfield for us the last few weeks is like. Like it's, it's like Jake Cunningham 2.0, what, you know, his freshman year. And that's, I don't like throw that comparison around lightly. Yeah. Um, so just, just, I mean, literally just put him out there three or four weeks ago and it looks like he's been playing out there in the outfield his whole life and just an incredible athlete shrinks the field instincts, jumps, you know, angles on the ball, great throws, um, just plays really free out there. So, you know, while we have to wait a little bit for, you know, for Jake to, to get back in there, I think fans are really going to enjoy watching Spencer Nolan out there in the outfield. And, um, you know, and then let's not forget about Will Butcher, you know, I mean, he's, he's been pretty good out there for us too. So. Um, Butch did a fantastic job in left last year. Yeah. He really did. I mean, he, he does not get enough credit for how hard he works on the defensive side of the ball. Everybody knows how he's, he's one of the best hitters in the country. And, but, but he mashes baseballs, but he, he really works at every facet of the game. He works really hard to be, you know, a great defender. And, um, you know, I think, I think Spence shrinks the field a little bit more from a run prevention standpoint, but when, when Butch is out there, you know, he helps us win ball games too. And, um, really are really, I mean, you know, between him and Cal Clark and, 
you know, Dante DeFranco, I mean, Dante DeFranco is the Swiss army knife that can literally play any position on the field. And, um, you know, we just feel like our out, we feel like our outfielders, um, you know, are, are really strong. Yeah. So you, you've got, and you know, you've got a lot of options, um, with, uh, a lot of options, different looks you can go with at designated hitter, depending on the day. Uh, once Jake gets back in the mix, you can move some pieces around. You've got – it feels like, I would say, you've got a lot of guys that are sort of on the fringe of this lineup that could could step in. And, I, and when I think about that, I think about, like, Nate's freshman year mm-hmm. when, when Nate Furman was a freshman. He wasn't uh, – to start off the year, he wasn't really in the lineup, but he was right there. And once he got in, you had a really hard time. You know, he's like, I'm not coming out. Yeah, the first four weeks he didn't make a start. And um, – we, I mean, we literally, we had a player that decided not to go to class the week of Western Kentucky road series. And, you know, our guys know that doesn't fly. So just kind of said, told that player, Hey, you're going to, you might get in there, but you're going to watch. You're going to sit on the side and watch. And Nate, did, Nate literally did everything, everything we asked and then some, and just said, Hey, here you go. Let's go put him up there in the leadoff spot. And, you know, he might have drawn a first, you know, I think he might have hit walked or hit a double his first at bat, and the rest is history. I mean, it just, you know, he was, he was, you know, his work ethic is legendary, honestly, and worked while he waited. We have a lot of guys that are doing that. Um, we see it on a daily basis. So, you know, we hadn't even talked about Josh Patrick, who, um, you know, he's got a chance to be one of our best hitters. And, has made himself into he's not even he's not even the same defender that when he got here i mean it, he is he's been out there early he stayed late so we've got a bunch of those guys we've got a bunch of on the that position player group is you know numbers wise it's probably the smallest group of position players we've probably had mm-hmm. um but we we've got the right guys yeah and yeah so it's um it's a really fun group to watch on a daily basis but it's good as fans to kind of see this the next wave. Yeah. The future of the program. You can say that a little bit. And Nick and I have been out to quite a few scrimmages and, and it's good to see those guys starting to develop when they get from on campus to um, throughout an off season, you know, like JD and, and, and Drew Tindall and, and Huck Wappen. Um, a lot of guys have a year and have a year under the system. You can tell huge difference in one season, really. Yep. What I would say, and we've watched a lot of Niner baseball and, and just baseball in general, right? But, um, you know, there's always we've, – we've always kind of, you know, you knew which guys were just kind of, well, they're – they're I don't want to call them practice players, but, you know, well, what would happen if so-and-so got in the game? Well, if so if we had to start so-and-so, some, some really bad things have happened, <laughs> right? We don't really have – there's not a guy like that on this roster there's not a guy you're looking at because it's like every guy that could you know could potentially get in the game if if there's an injury if there's something whatever happens during the course of a season somebody gets beat up or whatever right and and can't go that day it's whoever comes in is like legit yeah there's a lot of options and there's not much drop off um as we've seen in the inter-squad scrimmages yeah yeah, because sometimes I mean, you, you guys split them up with the sort of the the ones and the twos, right? I mean, the the twos are given as good as they're getting. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> there's no let up. You know, what you have to have as a program. I mean, 
I, I tell people all the time, one of the, one of the best things that I non-baseball things that I got to learn from on my coaching journey was just being around the UNC women's soccer program and Anson Dorrance and legendary coach, no matter the sport, 25 national championships. And they've only had, I think like 50 national championships in the history of maybe 60 in women's college soccer. And they've won a third of them, something along those lines. And long story short, the, the takeaway is that those those players always talked about how practice was far more competitive than the game. And they, they're like, huh, they're like, you know, they're like, how do you feel about playing? You know, they'd be the number one team in the country. They would talk about playing the number two team in the country. They're like, well, we scrimmage the number one team in the country every day. So, and that culture and that like environment just, you know, it just brings the best out of everybody. And that's something that we've really strived for here is to, is to really create an environment and practice to where like when we, when the game starts, not that it gets easy because it doesn't ever get easy, but our players should be like, Oh, like I don't have to face our lineup again. Or our hitters don't say, Oh, we don't have to face our pitchers anymore. Like that's kind of what we strive for on it really on a program, like yearly basis. When that's, that's something we've noticed. And, and I, I told you guys that to get comfortable because we haven't even let Woody talk about his pitchers yet. You know, that's what he wants to talk about. So we're about to let him, uh, <laughs> The, the feedback we've we've heard around from we, we've just got through talking about how uh, how confident we are in, in the bats we have in the lineup. The one thing that uh, our hitters have talked about repeatedly from the fall to this spring, uh, this preseason has been um, they're really tired of facing our pitchers. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like the, the the pitching staff is is it's not only it's not only quality but it's quantity this year. Um, so just just have at it, Woody. Talk talk about your pitching staff. Yeah, no, I mean it's, we'll hang out while you do it. It's the element. It's the element of the program that, truthfully, like when we got here, it was the biggest uphill battle. I mean, it was building building a pitching staff that is capable of, you know, winning, winning the conference and going, you know, getting into the NCAA tournament and going deep into the postseason and legitimately having a chance to get you to Omaha. Like it's very difficult to do. And so, yeah, we've spent three and a half years really trying to push, like push the program, move the needle, um, develop the guys that were here to the best of our ability and recruit the best you know, pitchers in the country, no matter where they come from, whether it's the transfer portal in the SEC or the transfer portal, Sam Conti, Division Three, or the high school route with, you know, with others. And so it really doesn't matter, but we've we've really worked hard to, to develop that, as, that aspect. And, you know, kind of before we get into it, it really has this year more than any other year we've been here it's been last year last year it was very offensive in scrimmage more often than not and this year it's really been very cat and mouse like it's it's been pitching dominant next day shows up okay like they respond and then the pitchers respond and then it's really been kind of back and forth um every single scrimmage you can pretty much go you know go like in, in that terms and so there's days where there's days where 
you know, I kind of shake my head and we got to go back to the drawing board on the mound with some things and improve some things, which is good. You know, you'd rather learn and practice in the game, but um, depth wise. Yeah. I mean, we have 14 right-handed pitchers and we have seven left-handed pitchers and um, they're all very, very capable and, and they're very unique. You know, I mean, you just look at our, you look at our rotation with Wyatt Hudapole starting game one tomorrow, uh, transfer from Kentucky. I mean, if you go watch him, the, the cool thing is, is if you go watch him on film, um, I don't think you're going to see the same guy you see tomorrow. Uh, he's worked extremely hard. Uh, he's added a pitch or two, and I just think he's taken a big jump to where he is now, and we're excited about that. And then, you know, but his stuff is completely different than Donye Evans, who's going to be six foot six and kind of a lower, lower slot that's high extension and turbo sink and turbo cut. And it's just going to be a completely different look. And then you return Colin Kramer, who's six foot five, six foot six lefty that everything is just, again, just cutting and sliding and, you know, nothing is straight and everything is firm and lots of deception from that kind of higher left-handed slot. And, you know, got Miles Langhorn is another transfer who's more of a traditional slot, but he's got kind of this Walker Bueller delivery over the head that, and nothing's under 93. So up to 97.4. Yeah. I mean, so you just, you've got just those, I mean, just talking about those four alone, you know, it's just got four different looks and all very capable. And, you know, there's three righties and one lefty in that group. So that leaves, you know, 11 righties and six lefties in your bullpen. So now you start to look at, okay, what are these guys' strengths and what are they capable of? And how do you put those guys in positions to be successful? And, you know, it starts to, it, it gets really fun when we sit down on the, the windows and write with the dry erase marker, you know, what do these guys do? How do these guys, you know, get, who, do, what are their strengths? How do we get these guys out? What part of the game can they pitch in? And, you know, you try to set them up to, to do that. It, it's, it's fun. It's, this pitching staff's been awesome. Uh, it's the hardest working pitching staff I've gotten to work with. Coach O's gotten to work with and his one year of coaching. Um, best one ever. Best one ever. Yeah. And, uh, but I mean, it's just, it's awesome. I mean, I can't tell you how many times when we train in the football weight room next door, I mean, and you know, previous coaching staff and new coaching staff, both comment, like we'll be in there just with the pitchers training. And they're like, you know, man, you guys have, he's like, you guys got a big team. And it's like, those are our pitchers. And then uh, he goes, they're just, they're just always like, those are your pitchers. And, and I'm just like, yeah, like they're just, they're our pitchers. They're like, man, like those guys get after it. And, you know, cause you got Evan Michelson that's squatting 700 pounds and you've got, you know, all these other guys that are deadlifting houses and, you know, <laughs> it's just, it's crazy. I mean, our, our, I would say that if you definitely something that our, our fan base would not hopefully they'll appreciate by the way they perform and that sort of thing. But like the stuff that our, our pitchers and position players with coach McKibben, the stuff that they do in the weight room, like it would, it would really like kind of blow people's minds. I mean, our guys absolutely get after in there. seems like we saw some video in the off season, maybe in the fall, like maybe there was a little older pitcher in there as well, kind of competing with them. Is, is there any, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, Seems like there was a we video. we try to yeah. our coaching staff we get in there we try to we try to pretend like we're we're still young but yeah, we're lead not. by example right yeah something like that <laughs> how how much were you I don't know was it like, 
It's like four four hundred four thirty five. Are you asking coach how much he benches? <laughs> dude, there was video of it. I mean, it was it was serious. Oh, I need I need to throttle up cardio, and you know, right now it's just so. Yeah. Okay. So you, you, you've got a couple of, uh, you, you touched on it briefly, but you've got a couple of guys, uh, back, uh, that, that um, you, you didn't, um, Michelson was in, was with us a little bit, but injured most of the you year. You kind of don't honestly. count it, honestly. Yeah. Uh, of... and CeeLo, you didn't have it all. Right. Um, and you've got both those guys back and, and, and looking healthy. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, those guys are really, really good. And, you know, to have those guys back in the bullpen, from you know that it's huge i mean it's really it's huge and they've you know christian has crushed his rehab process he's worked extremely hard and and evan you know he's always worked hard and and it's you know this year's i mean all fall all preseason knock on wood but he's like i mean he's looked great he's pitched great and um it's funny it's like the guys you know he's he's the guy that's always out early kind of even though it's a turf mound, there's still some maintenance that goes into it. And after guys pitch on, there's still some maintenance to it. There's something to it. It's like the guys that, that, that like Evan, that take pride in that, they always, they always get paid off. Like Matt Brooks was, was one of those guys, you know, Evan's kind of taken over that role of, of just doing the little things. And um, mm -hmm. I think he, both those guys are primed for a big year. I feel like even the, the guys new to our program, I feel like we have a lot of experience you know, this pitching staff, a lot of older guys. Um, it feels like when guys like Hell Sims return, he's for his third year here. And then you could bring a guy like Conti. Well, he's got to, had three to four years experience as well. Talk a little bit about the, 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 I guess the age of the, of the, the program as far as the pitching staff. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's, there's some grown men. They're all grown men, but there's some, there's some grown men on our pitching staff and uh, they're all of them are guys that, their stocks are rising. I believe that. And they're self-made. They've all, they've all either shown that they can have clear success at this level or they're hungry for it. And it's right around the corner. And, you know, we, we've had a lot more type of like pitchers meetings kind of thing as a group to really, kind of train the mental game and talk about just kind of the system and the processes and just the little things probably more this year than really every, any year, honestly, just because they're so advanced in a lot of things um, that we just want to make, we want to, we're kind of trying to take it to even another level. Like we've moved past chapter one, two, and three in the book with these guys. And um, I'm just excited for them. They've worked extremely hard. And, um, you know, you mentioned Hale and Sam Conti and, you know, Paxton Thompson is a guy mm -hmm. that, I mean, he's going to pitch, and, and I, I, there's going to be people in the stand that stands to watch him. They'll be like, where was he last year kind of thing? And it's like, well, he's really good. And there's just a bunch of them. Um, honestly, they're all they're all here Cam for a reason. Yeah, I mean, Cam Hansen and, um, yeah, I mean, there's just – there's a bunch of them, honestly. I mean, and then, we, and then you throw in the transfers that are it's, – it's, it's a cool story. They all have, you know – Guys like Aubrey Gillentine, who was at Southern Miss, a great program, and literally said when we came to play all, like, it just seemed like a really awesome place and seemed like a really awesome environment. And, you know, 
you know, so he's here now and, and he's going to be a huge, huge part of our staff. And there's others, you know, there's lots of other ones. Guy like Cassiola is always fun to watch on the mound. Yeah. He's, Cass he's, is awesome. You know, he's, he's, he's bouncing all over the mound. Yep. <laughs> Cass is awesome. Yeah. Yep. Then you bull, your, your bullpen guys on another, uh, AJ Wilson back again. He's got a lot of experience as well. And, um, just feels like, like I said, there's a lot of experience there and, uh, it's comforting to say to hear you say that I mean you can take them to the next level and then you hear our hitters talking about how much they don't want to face them anymore yeah um, it really makes me feel confident um, that we're going to go out there and, and show out this year our hitters are tired of your pitchers <laughs> yeah our our pitchers you know it's uh it's, it's something you have to really work hard as a program you know I mean I think I think where some programs do run in trouble they run into like the whole position player versus pitcher group and, yeah that sort of thing. And, um, you know, we see, we see guys walking into the field and leaving the field, like pitchers and position guys are pitchers and position players. They all really, we try to, I mean, we, we try to foster by design too, like guys living in houses and apartments together that are, you know, play different positions. Yeah. You know, it's just, um, it's just a really fun team as you guys, hopefully everybody watching can tell, like, I'm, I'm really excited to be in the dugout with this group tomorrow and this weekend and this spring. It's, um, They've done everything they've we've asked, and they're extremely well prepared. I think you mentioned earlier today on the the, the video that you put out uh, that uh, you had the guys all wearing the same uniform all week, just to kind of reinforce that point. Yeah, I mean, all you know, all fall and preseason, you scrimmage in two different uniforms, yeah. or two different colors, us versus them, kind of thing. And um, you know, we've just we've scrimmaged in we've scrimmaged in the same. Everybody's worn the same uniform. Just get a get dry run in the pinstripes, dry run in the the white CLT and those kind of things just to, Hey, we're all, you know, it's one team, one fight as coach Bick says. And uh, so it's been, it's been good. I, I'm laughing because they're, they're trying to find uh, the, the flaw in the turf right now, coach. Seeing how the bunt's going to roll. He's, it's not, yeah. He's seeing how the bunt's going to roll. But he's, waiting, he, he's waiting for it to tail off, but it's not doing it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, it's, it's, it's smart. We do the same thing when we go to places yeah. and um, it stays fair. That's good. Me. That's good turf. Yeah. yeah, it seems sounds like you got a, a a fun job, but a tough job with all these pitchers trying to find uh, where they fit in uh, throughout the season. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing how you figure it all out this year. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's it's good problems to have, and we you know we met today. We talked about a lot of things, just kind of like, and one of the things we talked about is like, hey, roles don't matter. I mean, they don't. Like you, we have you're going to see four starters this weekend, and we have a lot of guys that can start a game that aren't going to start a game this weekend. We don't have one closer. We have multiple guys that can close the game. And sometimes the most important inning of the game is the third inning of the game. So, you know, we're going to make decisions accordingly and we're going to really pride ourselves on when it's your, when it's our turn to come into a game to strand runners and do everything possible to strand runners. Um, that's something that we've really emphasized this year, you know, compared to last year and, so let's just break them. Let's break the mold of, you know, I'm a starter. I'm a closer. I'm a third mm -hmm. inning guy. I'm a seventh inning guy. Like, you know, let's just be a, let's just be a really good pitching staff. And when you're the pitcher on the mound with the ball in your hand, you're the best guy on our team to be in there. Go get it. 
So with that, it looks like Ball State's wrapping up their uh, their practice here on the field. Um, why don't we turn our attention to them for a moment? And I know you guys have done some some in depth scouting on them, and we've mentioned. I mean, they're a really good club. They 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 won they won the MAC last year. They're predicted to do it again this year. Um, they 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 return a lot of experience. So uh, for fans that are going to be coming out to the Hayes, um, what can you what can you tell us about Ball State? Yeah, I mean, they won forty games last year. Um, Coach Maloney's been there for 10 years now, and, you know, he's been – I think he's in the ABCA Hall of Fame. If not, he should be. Like, he's won an enormous amount of games over the course of his career, and they just – they have a core group of position players that won a lot last year with their gold glove third baseman and Peltier and um, just some other really great – you know, they've got um, – Hunter Dobbins, a catcher, DH, that hit, I think, you know, he got injured last year and I think he only played a third of their season and hit eight home runs and slugged a ton. So those two guys right there are going are gonna to be really tough challenges amongst the rest of their returners. Um, and then you go look at, you know, this time of year, it's fun because you really have to, you really have to kind of dig and, and do, do some research on the transfers and the incoming guys and that sort yeah. of thing. You can't call another team and, you know, or pull up last year's video on some of these guys. So you really have to kind of dig deep to find some info and that sort of thing. And they've got, I mean, their transfers on the position player side are really good. I mean, they've got some left-handed hitters from, you know, Iowa junior college and uh, Parkland junior college, two schools, you know, that we recruit, you know, two areas that we recruit heavily. Mm -hmm. um, they've got one of the, uh, I think they've got the number one impact freshman, according to D1 Baseball, on Blake Beavis, who's a right-handed pitcher on, and probably going to play first base for him. So, you know, he's going to be jacked up to start his college career. So they just – they have a – you know, and then, oh, by the way, here comes, you know, three or four arms that pitched in Cape Cod and were you know, preseason All-Americans and that kind of thing. So, And a familiar face. Yeah, and to have Casey Bargo back, you know, who was with us on the 21 team and – um you know, helped us put some numbers on the outfield wall. So they have a really good team. Um, it's going to be a really good challenge for us. But like we said, I mean, that's, that's what we signed up for. We, we did it to ourselves. Uh, yeah. So if your, if your name is Beavis, I think that's, that's bonus points. Is yeah. it not? I mean, for people our age, if that is how you pronounce it, if if for some reason, his family, if his family is watching and that's not right, I, you know, I apologize. No, if, if, if that's we know not really, how he says his name, we know he's a really good player. He needs to fix that. Yeah. Because that's good stuff. All right. So I think we're producer. Brad's telling me what, what are we at? Brad, are we at an hour and 15 now? Yeah. Good hour and 15. So, Hey, it's, it's first it's Christmas Eve, you know, yeah, we're, 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 we're doing our thing here. Lot, we're going to have a lot more shows. So we've got a lot of stuff to cover, but, can't cover it all today. That's right. That's right. You, you guys know us. We could. The, the the crazy part is those of you that are watching or still are hanging with us live. Y'all y'all just hang out as long as we wanted to, um, but we're not going to do that to you because well, Woody needs to go home and get some sleep, and I, I don't know if I'm going to sleep or not. That's to be determined. We'll see. It'll be be one of those nights. Um, we're going to start wrapping this thing up. Um, so. We're we're on that verge of closing up here. Uh, as always, a couple of things here. Um, you can find Diamond Nine Report on YouTube. Uh, make sure to click subscribe. That way, you'll get all our content. Various podcast platforms such as Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. You can find this there as well. Um, also, follow along on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. But as we say, never TikTok.
you know, that's being, that got banned at my workplace anyway. TikTok did. It's, it's out. So I was distraught that TikTok was banned. It would probably be a team revolt if that happened here. So, well, it, it was the, so I worked for the state of North Carolina. It was the governor mm. that, that banned TikTok on, on all state computers. Mm. So anyway, developing go. news there. There's the stuff you won't, don't find in the box store, right? <laughs> we should get, we should get Coach Bick in here. Now y'all should have a conversation about, about, about TikTok. Yeah. And getting banned by the government. Uh, <laughs> That's a whole nother show, a whole nother podcast. I think that's a whole, yes, I think that's a whole different show. <laughs> um, so we did want to do one thing before we go. We're going to close up a little bit different tonight. Yeah. Um, There's a little bit of business we got to uh, to take care of. Um, we need to acknowledge the loss of two members of the Charlotte baseball family. Um, several weeks ago, Coach Greg Simmons, father of director of player development, uh, Tyler Simmons, passed away after a battle with cancer. Um, then last week, uh, BJ Bicknell, um, mother of associate head coach, Toby Bicknell passed away. Um, I'm going to open the floor to you guys, but, um, first, what I'd like to say is, um, just personally, um, most of you know that, uh, that I lost my mom, um, in, uh, the fall of 21. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's those moments that you never forget. Right. And I remember that day so clearly, um, Woody, you would texted me um, sometime after I'd left the hospital checking on on the situation. And of course, I had to tell you what went down. Um, but it wasn't long before I was getting texts from the coaching staff and and, and the, all the players and everything. And it meant so much. But um, I'll never forget probably two of the first texts that I got after talking to you were uh, from Toby and Tyler. And um, man. Now that to, to see them uh, going through that same thing, man, it just hurts my heart. Um, that's really all I can say about it. It did just um, been thinking about those guys the past few weeks, Tyler and, and Toby last week, and uh, continue to pray for them and their families. Um, yeah, there's nothing. I mean, we talk about it as a, as a program with our coaching staff and players all the time. There's nothing more important than family. Family comes first. Um, you know when when you know when the, when Tyler and and Toby's family you know were impacted here in the last few weeks. You know every member of our program has felt it, mm-hmm. and you know it is the 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 thought that you know I have driving in you know each morning is that gives me peace about it. Is is you know we never the one of the best things about being a coach and being a part of a team is that you never go through things alone. You know, you're, you you're, you never celebrate successes by yourself and you never go through, you know, you know, the really low lows by yourself either. You know, we're all, we all have each other's backs and, you know, to see, you know, the incredible support and outpour from our players and program for both Toby and Tyler, um, you know, the Charlotte community at coach Simmons service, I mean, the, mm-hmm. the, the amount of people that he impacted over 30 years of coaching, take wins and losses out of it. Just take, just think about the 30 years of impact. And then just the incredible, you know, mother that, that, that BJ was for Toby and Lucas and, and, you know, just her presence at our games and how much she cares and how much I genuinely knew she hated losing. Mm-hmm. I always appreciated mm-hmm. that. And she wanted us to win so bad. And so, you know, I just, uh, our, heart, our hearts all hurt for those families. And, 
but the thing that gives me peace is that I know that, you know, those two families, just like any family that's a part of our program that goes through something, they're, you know, they're never alone. And we all, we all, we all pick each other up and we all get through things together and we go through things together. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very thankful as the head coach of this program to be able to say that, you know, cause we have that here and I'm thankful for it. So, yeah. Yeah. So we want to, um, dedicate this show tonight, such as it is, uh, to the memories of, uh, coach Greg Simmons and, uh, BJ Bicknell. Um, these are reminders, uh, of how fragile life is. Um, and we've been reminded honestly far too often lately, <laughs> far too often for my comfort. Um, but that's all the more reason to go do what we love doing. Um, so with that, we're going to close out tonight. Um, it's time to go play baseball, which is what we do. Um, so we'll see you here at the Haze tomorrow afternoon, 4 o'clock, open a day. Let's go get it. Good night, everyone. <laughs>